What's up, guys? I'm Amon Edwards, and it's It Ain't So Black and White. And if you guys ain't recognized by now, me and Richie are doing something a little different this week because I recently got a job, and I missed our actual uh, recording date. So we plan to do this right here. It's called a It Ain't So Black and White, but actual black and white episodes. So Richie got to tell his side or whatever he wanted to talk about. He talked about why he loved film so much. And I'm going to talk about, oh, I guess you guys are just getting started. Well, but first off, I'll let you guys in on the new job. So first, I got a job in the third ward at a place called The Wicked Hop. And it is it's something. I actually kind of like it, guys, despite I'm getting off at 3 o'clock in the morning time on weekends. But that's besides the point. It's good money. And, yeah, let's get into it. So the first thing I want to talk about, guys, is probably what a lot of people have seen is the Kanye interview. And I know a lot of people will probably be have a lot of feelings about this. But I really like the Kanye interview because, like, with him coming out, if you guys don't know, he did the interview on um, Revolt TV. And I don't even know the name of the, heck, uh, the host, but. It was an amazing interview. And as most of y'all know, Kanye is a Christian now. His his last two albums were Christian. Donda was kind of Christian, but it was it was all right. But in saying that, like his uh his approach on that uh interview was so like authentic. Like all throughout the interview, he kept saying, Oh, y'all thought I wasn't gonna kill myself on this interview, which was basically talking about getting himself canceled. And he just like brought up so many points. Besides, like, all the music stuff that I didn't, you know, understand because I'm 19 and they were talking about Mob Deep and 3-6 and Mafia and all them people, and that's before my time. But in saying all that, though, like, he, he pointed out a lot of points such as, uh, oh, I'm sorry to dive in it so deep so early, but how the Democrats or, yeah, those people, as he referred to them, don't even, like, try to approach black people for their for their vote. They just, like counted them as a head where they're just like oh we know these people are going to vote for us because you know we are for food stuff and stuff like that and it was crazy because like all the people he was like i wouldn't say dissing but he was just like like he he shot at pharrell williams how like uh like how pharrell williams was being used by the democrats and i was like man like though i don't agree with everything kanye say but yeah and then like um he pointed out a lot of topics so like one thing for me is, like, one thing that's, like, near and dear to my heart is, like, the black community, like, the state of the black community. And I can see that Kanye has this same feeling. So, for me, right, y'all probably already heard this, but y'all ain't got no intel autobiography. So, I grew up in Mississippi, right? I grew up in Greenwood, Mississippi, the Delta, one of the poorest, some some of the poorest counties in America. And so how I I'll give you guys an autobiography of how I got where I am today. So when I was around like eight years old, they used to do this thing called like the box project where like um, wealthier families from the North would send like boxes and packages of food and stuff to the South. And then they also, or to families in the South. And they also had, um, they also had this program where you could send your kids to live with a family for like two weeks, three weeks or so like that. And so I ended up coming to um, coming to Wisconsin at like eight years old because I was never a mama's boy, so it never really bothered me to be away from home. 
So in in doing that, like I met my godparents, and I thought it was fun because I come up here every summer. And one of the first thing I seen when I came up here was like the houses, like the size of the houses and the and the and the type of toys and stuff that the kids had. And I was just like, man, I thought this was just on Disney Channel. Like I didn't even know it was like real. But keep in mind, I was eight years old, so of course I was a a little dumb. But and then like four years into the program. Um, they canceled the program. Like to this day, I still don't know why they canceled the program. I think they canceled it because of like uh, something. Something someone says something about like insurance for the bus or something like that. But like in, in saying all that, they canceled the program when I was so when I was twelve and about to go to Wisconsin again. They canceled the program, so I ain't had no way to get to Wisconsin. But my godparents, they still wanted to see me. So my godparents drove all the way to Mississippi. And picked me up, and we drove all the way back to Wisconsin. And ever since then, I've been coming to Wisconsin every summer. And um, it has allowed me to see, like, or gain knowledge or view things the way I view them now, such as not being, as Kanye said, controlled by them folks or being controlled by the media or fit into stereotypes and stuff like that. So I've been able to see a lot of different things. And... That's how, and I ended up visiting Marquette's campus when I was in like ninth grade, and and here I am now. But the point I'm making is, um, or the point of me telling the story was, is the black community, the state of the black community today. So I start off. So since I have been able to like see both sides of the spectrum, so like how the suburbs live or the white people live versus how people where I'm from in the black community live. And one of the main differences is, like, besides the house, would be, like, the education that they get and stuff like that. So, like, I think about my high school, and in my high school, we didn't have no AP classes, one AP class. And it was taught by this lady named, well, it don't matter her name. But and when I came here and I'm talking to a lot of the kids who I would look at and, and think they delinquents, they 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 didn't took multiple AP classes and stuff like that, and like for example, like the average ACT score in my school was probably like a, a fourteen fifteen, and that's that's pretty low. But like coming up here, and the kids like one of my best friends, Brad, he go to a school called Hamilton, and I think like the average ACT score at his school is a twenty six. And I think about like the point I'm bringing this up, the ACT scores is like. Why? Why is it that their scores are so much higher than ours? Is it the, is it because they are raised in better families, or is it because their school systems is more poured into than ours, or is it the community? What what we in our communities value? And I mean, obviously, all three of them play a part. But I would go to the fact that what our communities value. So, like for example, in most black neighborhoods, not just mine, like there's always like drug dealers, gang banging killing and young girls getting pregnant and for example like my mama had me at 16 like she got pregnant when we were 15 and she she obviously had it rough and but the thing about it is it wasn't uncommon for people her age and her in her environment in her neighborhood to be pregnant like for example like when I was in middle school people probably not believe what I'm gonna say but when I was in middle school I was in seventh grade with a girl who was pregnant. That means she was like 13, 14 years old. And then when I got to high school, dang near 
every other girl was pregnant. Like even now, like my classmates, now that I'm graduated, I'm I'm one of the few classmates that ain't got a child. Like like a lot of my classmates got like two 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 or three kids right now, and it's and it's crazy. And I look at schools up here, yeah, or schools up here, not not the black schools, but the suburban schools. I'm obviously comparing like black communities to suburban communities, but looking at these suburban societies and stuff like that, a lot of them like though they might have a few girls with babies and stuff, but it's not prevalent like it is in my school and one thing i like to look at is like or i wouldn't say like to look at one thing that make me sad to look at is the conditions of our society is like why are we doing these things and some people might get mad that i go to this because some people really love this but i would say one of the main things is rap music because um Though I love rap music, I don't don't get me wrong. I don't listen to secular rap anymore. But if you listen to any rapper nowadays, all you're gonna hear him talk about is how much money you got, how many cars he got, how many guns he slept with, and stuff like this. And it make you wonder, like, man, how did how did why are these people rapping about this? And why does it get so much attention? And since it gets so much attention, it caused young guys such as my age and younger to start like following him like for example like it made me think about my little brother for example he um he he listens to rap music a lot and he's only 12 years old and it's like since i'm up here and i don't talk to him all the time and stuff like that i see him post pictures and stuff like that was even a a point where he was like he had a video of him like smoking and it was one of the saddest things i seen but it was like i forgot like what i what it was like for me to grow up during that time and I think about who I was around and what they did. And they did the same thing he did. And, and I would say, like, rap music is one of the, yeah, that's why I would say rap music is one of the big, uh, biggest impactors on black community. I say another one is, um, another one is um, what's portrayed by, like, our black idols, such as, like, the rappers or, or anybody else. Like, when you grow up in the hood, you see people, like, uh, riding around, in cars with big rims and dope boys pulling fat bank rolls out their pocket and you wonder you like man how they get that and it make you want to be like them and since it make you want to be like them you end up following in their footsteps and following their footsteps lead you down a path such as you start selling dope in high school so you drop out of school and then once you drop out of school now you selling dope on the corner you end up getting a girl pregnant the police kick in your dough and now you in jail now your girl raising her son in a single parent household and the cycle continues and i would say another thing is um single parent households like i grew up in a single parent household and compare it to like uh married households because my godparents are married and i see though they live in different financial situations but still they are married and in the way they raise their kids and since they have mothers and fathers around they're able to get like two sides like for me my mama was my mama and daddy my dad ain't dead child but he just he just wasn't around he wasn't around so and i had two younger siblings so and with my mom working all the time and me bouncing from house to house such as going from my mama to my grandma's house until eventually living on my own at 16 but i wasn't like kicked out of everything i just had my mom but in saying all this, the all these things contribute to the the way that we are as a society today. And it makes me think like, man, what what can we do to change 
these things. Like, wh- how can we change the society that we live in? And I would say one of the first things we could do is, is like, look at our priorities. Look at what we spend our money on. For, like, example, black people, this is a statistic, guys, spend the most money on um, on jewelry and clothes and shoes. And when I say jewelry, I'm talking about obviously talking about these chains and stuff. These are statistics. And or or um how Jordan, I think one year Jordan made like three billion dollars off um off black people buying his Jordans. And it's just like made me think like, okay, so when I used to go to school in high school, right, it used to be a whole bunch of people, everybody who had a, the newest J's. But yet, or or Gucci belt, or 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 a fair or a Montclair coat, or something like nobody had no Montclair coat. But a people had a lot of expensive stuff. But and it made me think like, okay, they got all these expensive things. Okay, their house must look nice. And then I ended up going over a few of their houses, and their houses got roaches like mine got roaches. And but they got all these new J's and stuff like that. I'm just like man, or or how they priorities is different. Like they'll come up and be like, hey man, let me get a dollar. But they got the new J's on or. How they be like, hey, man, can I use your phone to call my mom? And I'm just like, bro, you got the new Jays and you ain't got no phone? He's like, yeah, but it ain't on. So that means they can only call or text somebody when their phone got Wi-Fi. So it's about, I think one of the main things is our priorities and our education about, like, financial literacy. Because those seeing these dope boys and stuff walking around with these bankrolls and, and the new Jays and posting a picture on Facebook every now and then or every day, like most people do, it make you be like, man, I want to be like him. Because that lifestyle look like it's appeasing. But, man, it made me sad to think about because I, I think about, like, social media and, and how people do stuff. These are not just black people, obviously, y'all. So I don't want y'all to text me and be like, man, I know it ain't only black people doing it. Uh, yeah, I understand that. But I'm talking about black people and why, where we need to change that. So, of course, we need to change our priorities and where we spend our money. And another thing would be like, or well, going on into this is financial literacy. I know people right now who are 20 and 30 years old who don't have bank accounts. Like they've never had a bank account in their life. I know people who 20, 30 years old ain't got their driver's license. And it ain't because they ain't, it ain't because it ain't, it's suspended. It's because they never got it. So with these bank accounts and stuff like that, it's like they use like all these different like net spend cards and they still going to check cash and plays and stuff like this. Or or um, the fact that people ruin their credit at such a young age, they get, like, and this ain't just black people, obviously, but the the amount of stuff that's taught, like we like we never learn these things. So a lot of times I can't even blame us because we never learn these things. Like think these things were never taught to us in school, nor do we have a parent to tell us about it because our parents didn't know. Like for for example, my um, my mama did not have a bank account until like a year ago and i because she was using something called an s-man card and i ended up making my own bank account and got her a credit card though she hasn't started using it yet using it yet i don't know why but yeah so looking at these things like i know a lot of people and they have no idea anything about credit or anything about inflation like i was trying to explain to my friend drew the what inflation is and um <laughs> i was telling him i was like bro if you had two thousand dollars in, in 1930 that same two thousand dollars would be worth like forty three thousand dollars today and he was like what 
you can just take them tame $2,000 and sell it on eBay. And, and it was the fact that he thought I was talking about the literal physical $2,000 that they had in 1930 to the day when he did not understand. But it's not the fact that, like, it was just like what we don't know. Like, he didn't he didn't understand inflation. And it's, and it's not his fault because I'm pretty sure I can probably call anybody from from my hood who is who is not in college and who's just on the street not not bashing their intelligence or something but these are just things that they probably just don't pay attention to and they couldn't tell me what inflation was and it's the fact that we don't know these things or or the inflation rate like i was i was also telling drew he he um he is he's getting a lot of cash money my every time he gets some cash money he put it in a bag and hold it and i told him that he should get that money and invest it. Invest it into like an ETF or or any, not a cryptocurrency because that would be stupid for him, but like in any ETF such as VOO, which is tremendously, I mean, which has only grown up throughout time besides like 2008, which was the housing market crash. But it's the fact that when I told him the more you hold on to that cash and not put it in a savings account or anything like that, how it would be worth less and it was the fact that he couldn't I, he grasped the concept by the end of the conversation guys but it was just the fact that we don't know these things we choose to cash our money because i've talked to a lot of old people and all of them got cash in their pocket and stuff i'm like why don't you get a bank account they're just like man i don't trust them people up at the bank with my money and then I think in my head, well, you trust yourself with your own money when anybody could break in your house and steal all your cash. But, and then they would probably bring up the fact that banks get hacked and stuff like that. But we live in 2021. But the fact is, guy, we we as and I'm obviously I'm not talking about all black people. Duh. I'm just talking about these people from the ghetto communities. And or the idea or. Moving on, the idea that we are always the victim of everything. So I'm not saying that systemic racism isn't a thing. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that it is. But what I'm saying is we always play the victim as if all the cards are stacked against us. Though they may as well be, though they may as well not be. The fact is, I know so many people who who didn't even try because of this like this false dilemma that they will never make it, put in their head, and now they are just at home working at McDonald's and not planning to do anything else with their life, or looking forward to this weekend just so they can go out and party, get drunk, smoke weed, and do the same thing the next weekend over and over until they die. I know so many people who stuck in this cycle right now like for example i was talking to one of my cousins the other day and i was talking about um we were talking about marriage and how i'm gonna be celibate to marriage and how i'm not gonna live with my girlfriend before marriage and they was just like yeah that's why i use protection and stuff like that and they was kept talking about parties and stuff like that and it was blowing my mind bro because that was the only thing they cared about like any any other topic i tried to bring up that wasn't related to party and drinking or smoking or something like that they was like yeah, I'm not really feeling that. I'm going to just keep on doing what I'm doing. And it's just crazy how we get stuck in our own mindset and still get caught up with things that don't matter. 
And though parties and stuff might be fun and all that, but man, at a certain point, because I know, I know people who are my grandmother, for example. I I haven't talked to my grandmother in a while, y'all. But I speak of her. I speak of her as the last year. I haven't talked to her in about two, three months. But of the last like, I'm 19. The last 18 years, I knew my grandmother. She was um. I'm sorry, people. I know my family gonna get on me by exposing my family like this, but it don't matter, y'all. I don't know about to care. My grandma was a I got well was probably still is. I have no idea, but was an alcoholic for the longest. And though I know alcohol can be an addiction and and stuff like that, but it's the fact that she still valued these things. Like still thought these things were important to go out, get drunk. She even smoked weed and stuff like this. And and it ain't just her. It's and those she, my grandma one of the smartest people I ever met in my life when she's sober. And it's and it's like so crazy that like she still valued these things at like 52, 53 to go out and party and do all these things. And it's just like we gotta change our priorities. And and I think that like being subject in that environment, it just like bring you down where you can't even like see no light. Like for example. When I when I go back to Greenwood or Mississippi or Siding, well, Siding, Mississippi, wherever I go to, when I'm down there, I feel so unmotivated. It makes me not want to come back to school. It makes me want to just stay down there and just sell dope or something and, and just, like, just sit there and get a girlfriend, get get her pregnant and, and get drunk, go to parties and stuff. I understand when you submerged in that culture, it feel like you don't you can't do nothing else. Cause it feel like everybody around you messing up, so you might as well join them. And it's and it's so hard to go against it. And that's one of the reasons why I don't go home much. And it's just so crazy. Like for example, like my cousin, I got another cousin. He's he just turned seventeen, and I be trying to explain to him like all these different things, such as like financial literacy and why you shouldn't be sleeping around with every girl and he's talking it's the fact that these things are so ingrained in his mind because his brothers his his my cousins his uncles and stuff like that they all come to him and speak what i would call foolishness they'll come to him and be like oh what who was the last girl you hit and and stuff like that so he hold these things valuable to be out here and be with different women or be out here getting getting a lot of money and blowing it on random crap or trying to look rich rather than be rich. And it's the point that I try to explain to him is like um how I how you how I look at the richest people in the world and when you see them walk around, they ain't got on no fancy clothes, they ain't driving no fancy cars. For example, my godparents live in the suburbs. And it's a super nice suburbs, like houses like 500K and up. And nobody in that neighborhood got a got a Corvette. Nobody in that neighborhood got a got a old school with 30s on it. And I'm not saying these things are bad, but I'm saying we as a community, our priorities or our wants get in front of our face so much that we tend to just get the money for that and then end up blowing it and be broke. With the things that we like, for ex- for example, I know a dude who worked like for a super like he worked for like two two thousand dollars, and I can't remember what he bought. I think he bought like a he bought some he bought some, and once he got it, he quit his job, and whatever he had, I think 
I don't know what it was. But whatever he had, when he quit his job, he was broke. But he had what he wanted. And he was satisfied with that until his attention turned and he wanted something else. He went about to find another job and he did the same thing. And it's just crazy that like um instead of getting his house in order and, and, and getting stable income, that he only worked enough to pay for that and then quit his job. Or how it was so materialistic. And that goes back to my cousin, cause he's like super materialistic. Like, for example, I used to like a lot of shoes. I used to I used to love Jordans. Like I was just making a point about Jordans. I used to love getting new pair of J's. And it wasn't until I got to college that I that I was like, why why do I care about this? Like, why do I care about shoes? Why do I care? Like, I don't go to parties because I never liked parties. I don't I don't go nowhere. All I do is walk outside. Why do, why do I care about these shoes? And it was the fact that I really didn't care about them. It was the image that I was trying to keep up with that I was something. I was something more than myself. And when I try to prove this point or say this point to somebody younger or somebody in my community, they always brush it off or say that I'm preaching or something like this. But it's just so crazy because I I really do care about the state of the black community. And one of the things I say is one of the things that messes us up as a community is the people we idolize, such as the futures the young thugs the, the young boys the magna stallions the carter b's and like for example i go into men first so the ladies don't feel attacked for example men like a lot of people aren't from all they listen to is ghetto rap music and since all they listen to is ghetto rap music they they imitate these things in their actions for example i know a dude that love well i know plenty of people that love young boy music so much that they 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 start talking like them they start walking like them. I even got a friend. Like if you if you if y'all watch any of Young Boy music videos, you'll see my friend mean mug just like Young Boy, and it, and it blows me, bro. Like like he even got Young Boy cover on his bed. Like if you walk in his room and say AI Young Boy on his bed because he ordered a bed sheet, and it's just so crazy. Like how we idolize these people who are doing nothing for the community. Like Young Boy, he don't preach nothing but freaking killing people and, and selling dope and smoking dope and not doing that with your life I ain't going back to school or nothing i don't want nobody to send me no song where young boy once mentioned that he going back to school or something like that don't do that because overall the message that he putting out to our community isn't a good one and some people will be like well if you can't um if you can't just listen to the music and not be affected by it that's your fault and that's false because no matter what you listen to it affects you whether you want to whether you whether you want to agree to it or not like for example i know i know a bunch of white dudes right they listen to hardcore rap music like young boy and stuff like that and when i see them they sagging their pants they got on jays they 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 what's up they they talking like them and it's not the fact that young boy is black anything it's the fact that the music has affected them and wanted them to or and they are choosing to idolize these things or think these things is cool such as like if you look at any other like white girl who look at who listen to taylor swift she ain't gonna be like and of course i'm generalizing y'all but she ain't gonna be like um with no black hair no black choker and no black lipstick no pierced nose and listening to taylor swift she gonna probably be listening to some heavy rock matter or something like that and these things are the things that we idolize and 
idolize and choose to follow. And the point I'm making is not about the white people that listen to young boy. I'm talking about how we are affected by the music and the role models that we have. Like, for example, we we don't really have many role models that are that are evident in our community. Like one of the main role models that we we black people only see is freaking Martin Luther King. Because you because you can't say Barack Obama because he was there eight years and if you ask any black person on the street what Barack Obama did, they couldn't name it because people were just so happy that they had a black person in office. Like a lot of people only voted for Joe Biden because of Kamala Harris, the lady who has an Indian mother and a black dad and classifies herself as Indian, only classify herself as black when she was running for the campaign. But this is not a political rant, y'all. But this can go into that. Um the fact that we are so uneducated about politics freaking blows me. So my grandmother just passed away in March, right? She was 89 years old. And I remember when I was younger, she was like probably 81, 82, early 80s. And I asked her, I said, hey, grandma, who you voting for? I had no idea anything about this because I think it was like a, a local election going on. And I was like, grandma, who you voting for? And she was like, oh. I don't know whoever the Democrat is. And it was just so crazy, brother. It was like she didn't even know who was running. She just knowed, knowed what she what party she wanted to vote for. And why these why are these things so ingrained? Why are we such why are we so uniform when it comes to voting? And why, if you vote any other way or choose to see something any other way, People call you a coon and stuff like that. And though I'm not a Republican, neither am I a Democrat. I just vote for what I think is smart and vote against things I think are stupid. And in saying all that, like it goes back to like uh, when Joe Biden was on The Breakfast Club and and he told Charlemagne, he was like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. But if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And I was just like what like how how could you how could you say such thing why would you say why would you even say that like i'm not hating on joe biden i hope i pray that all uh whoever is in office whoever takes a stand is is gonna do a good job i hope the lord bless him but it's the fact that we as a culture or people are so uniformed in our just mind control whatever the media tell us that's what we run with it's like it's like how gossip spread like soon somebody say something about somebody everybody gonna be like oh that gotta be true because so-and-so said and so-and-so said and so-and-so and all that and it just it's just crazy how we um how we get to that but it also makes me get into the point of uh of course y'all know i'm a christian but it makes me get into the point could i expect different and I, and, I, and I don't think I could could expect difference from people because I'm a Christian. And in the Bible, it talks about in the end times, people would depart from sound teaching. Of course, he's talking about Paul is talking about uh, a sound teaching in of the word. But he says they will surround themselves by teachers who preach what they want to hear. And it's crazy because like when you're trying to tell somebody some good. They ain't they ain't really listening to you because they'll be like, oh, yeah, because but it made me think about the times where I was like that. Every time somebody used to try to tell me something, put me on game. I used to be like, 
Yeah, I hear him, but I never, <laughs> I never listen to him. I never follow on, follow up with whatever they was talking about. And, bruh, it's just crazy. Oh, speaking on God, or, yeah, I also talk about the black church. So I grew up going to church. My bad, y'all. I'm bouncing all over here, bruh. This is a very random podcast. It's going to be a little weird. But I grew up going to church every, I, well, I wouldn't say I went to church every Sunday. But it was it was sometimes where I went to church a few days, a few Sundays in a row and stuff like that. And there's so many people I knew in the church. Even, even I know white people do this too. But when you grew up in the South and you're black, I feel like most people go to church or have at least have been to church sometimes. It's like everybody in the church they claim that they so like spiritual and spirit led, but you see them on Saturday night walking across the street to the club or stuff like that, and then get up in the morning on Sunday still hungover, catching the Holy Ghost, talking about they sanctified. And it's just so crazy how how Jesus has been misrepresented or mispresented or wrongly represented, and like a lot of people are. Um, and the reason I say this is because the church is supposed to preach holiness and righteousness and, and saved by grace and repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and walk by faith and not by sight. But yet, when we hear so many people claiming they are part of the church, but yet they are here, and I'm not trying to be no Pharisee because I'm a hypocrite too because sometimes I say something and I end up doing the opposite because I'm human and I'm fl- filled with temptation like everybody else but like for example like one time i was at i was at church and the drummer was um i thought he was so holy and and righteous and it was another day i seen him on facebook it was it was a lady a lady in in my city i ain't gonna drop a name but she's one of the well-known ladies in my city and she was going live and she's known for known for having like um stds and stuff like that and when she was going live, he ended up like commenting like some um commenting like some laughing emojis. And I was like, oh, what's this man doing on this lady live? And when he commented the laughing emojis, the lady saw it and was like, oh, you know, I gave it to you too. And I was like, dang. Like, and it and it's just like it changed my expression because he, they continued to have conversations after that, him texting on the live and stuff like that. But it was just changed my like uh my um my view on it. Like for another example, like um, there's a guy who was a part of a like a a choir group or a men's like choir group, and he was talking to my cousin, and and he's married, and um, but yet they get up on Sunday and you know dance and preach so holy, preach the gospel of the Lord and stuff like that. And my fault is like, how can you preach such things? It made me think of Ravi Zacharias. If y'all don't know who Ravi Zacharias is. Well, I'll tell you, Ravi Zacharias was a preacher who was, I haven't listened to any of his sermons, but apparently he was like pretty biblical. And um, he was extorting women in, like extorting women for like naked pictures and happy ending to massages because he had a massage parlors and stuff like that. And but it didn't come out until he died. It wasn't until he died that people was like, oh, these claims were actually true. And these people weren't just trying to end his career and get money out of him and stuff like that. But the point of it is, I'm going back to uh, how we how we re-rep- misrepresented Jesus. 
and or how the fact that I, I don't know about y'all, but though I grew up in a poor black church and it wasn't necessarily like um a lot of money to be going around. But I had been I've been to a lot of different churches in the South. But it's like a lot of times I never see churches doing much in the communities. In 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 the in the hood community. Cause I've seen, you know, like um suburban churches and, and the white people get out and, hey, you want a turkey and stuff like that. But um but the lack of things that the church do in the communities is just like, man, how can we how can we know these? And and I feel like I feel like we like growing up in the hood, like we took church like everybody like for example i feel like thought they believed in god or something like that because i never i never like pondered the question do i actually believe in god until i was like probably like 17 or something like that because i i was like i was like man do i actually even believe in god do i believe in this creator that everybody talk about and stuff like that and it wasn't until last year what was it 2020 in march that i started doing a bunch of deep diving into apologetics and different religions and what they believe and what do they claim and biblical inerrance and scripture evidence and manuscript evidence and, and it wasn't until all this that i was like oh i see why people claim the name of jesus and thank you lord for allowing me to follow him y'all he said if you if any seek him they shall find him but continuing on is how we've misrepresented and talking about how people would say that they believed and stuff like that, but their their actions would not follow, or what they said or how they acted would not follow, and how like people in the hood, like oh another one is like every time somebody in the hood die, soon they die, they put them on a shirt, got the little angel wings on them, got the little staircase to heaven, got the clouds. And I know it's sad to lose lose a friend because I understand how I feel. It didn't happen. But it's like we choose to believe in Jesus or I have chosen to believe in Jesus and these people or us in the hood have claimed to be believing Jesus and we always putting people on these shirts and stuff like that. But yet we are doing nothing to change our lives and stuff like that. And do we all expect God to just be like, oh, well, you, 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 you said, uh, Thank you, Jesus, when you uh, didn't get in that car wreck. So uh, I guess I'm supposed to let you in. But that is unfortunately not how it is. And I'm I'm not preaching a works-based salvation here, guys, which means you have to do work to get to heaven. I'm not saying that because it says, for by grace we are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. But the point I'm making is, oh, it's pretty hard to do this by yourself, guys, like talking to yourself on this podcast. But I kind of like it, though. You guys should DM if you guys um if you want us to do more episodes like this. But in saying that how how we have misrepresented misrepresented Jesus in our society and how Jesus is like misrepresented or how people think that uh we can continue to do things or say things and still claim to be spiritual and stuff like that. Like going back to my grandmother who is or was or I don't know, I haven't talked to her in a while. Was an alcoholic. Every Saturday, Friday, she'd be out getting drunk, falling out in the road. Everybody knew her. But on Sunday, I'm not saying this is fake, but on Sunday, she'd be in there catching the Holy Ghost crying and going on with everybody else. Everybody else that was right out on the street with her, too. 
And it just made me think like, man, how can we how can we claim such things? How can we even preach the name of Jesus? I think about this sometimes, too, because I, I often mess up and forget where I'm at and fall and say things I shouldn't say. But how can we even preach the name of Jesus or call people to repentance or give the truth to people? And and we ain't living it like like, for example, like if um, it's a very basic example, guys. But if I'm out here cussing and 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 drinking and and smoking and going to all the parties and then i tell you man you should really come to church with me tomorrow or you should you should really uh you should you should think about jesus how how is that gonna change your life if i'm out here doing the same thing you doing like ain't no change in me so why should i preach the name of jesus if i'm not changed and the point is like how can we preach to one another Bro, I'm so random, bro. I was I was completely on a black community topic. Now I'm talking about preaching the name of Jesus, bro. My bad, y'all. I'm super random, but dang, I feel like Kanye with bipolar disorder or something. But yeah, and I can tie all this back into the um, into the black thing by saying we have got to change our priorities. The, that's one of the main things, like changing our priorities. Like what we choose to spend our money on, what we choose to fill our heads with, such as the lyrics of these songs that don't do us no good, or choosing to withhold our, our, uh, how should I say this, our uh, temptations and our desires, keep them in our pants, because as we have seen. These temptations and desires leads to kids that we got to take care of. I'm not saying kids is a bad thing, but they definitely, you know, stir your uh, stir your direction to the left a little bit because now you can't continually, you know, go to college. Now you got kids to pay for and now you got all this stuff. But only if you were to control yourself that night and not do this, you you would uh you'd be in an undoubtedly different perspective. And why are you? in these things is because of the idols and stuff that we worship and treat as if they are God, such as young boy. Oh, I never touched on the women. Women, I ain't forget about you. Yeah. So one of the things about the women thing is um the idols that we got or the, the idols that the women got or black women got, such as like Cardi B and Megan is staggered. And how do these people get up on stage and twerk and be half naked and stuff like that? And then when you look on Facebook, when you look on Facebook, the girls are imitating them. Or these are just like what the coach has taught. Coaches telling them like, hey, man, you can dress like this and still expect a man not to treat you like crap. Or you can say these things or Dance, dance this type of way and expect a man to, you know, wife you. And I'm not saying that a man won't, y'all. Don't take this personally because, of course, there are some men do. But I'm saying, like, can can you expect these things from from a guy when you are portraying yourself in this way? And why why is it that you want to portray yourself in this way? And I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't care what nobody wear or do 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 whatever you want. But my my question is to you when you do whatever you want is can you expect a man to you know treat you with respect when you choose to carry yourself this way and oh i know a lot of people gonna come to me and be like oh 
gonna DM me and be like, oh, Petey, you ain't had to say that and stuff like that. But this, these, these are true facts at the end of the day. This is they go the same thing for a man, cause like um, same thing for a man. If you choose to carry yourself in this way and speak like this, can you expect a girl to, you know, or or a well-meaning girl to come and be like, hey, I want to marry you, but, bruh. These are all things that have been on my mind, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry for carrying this on long, but it has been, it ain't so black and white with a mind. I'll holler at y'all next week. Peace, y'all.